Good morning. This is Ozarks at Large. I'm Kyle Kellens. With me is Heim Goodman-Strauss. Good morning, Kyle. Good morning, Heim. He's a math professor at the University of Arkansas. Uh, last time we, we, we had a chat, you gave us this bizarre little puzzle. You, in 1975, someone came up to you and said that they were N years old in the year N squared. And the question is, when were they born? And I don't know. Well, so just if you look at the possible years that were squares around there in the 20th century, the only possibility was 1936. The next square number after that is 2025, and that has obviously hasn't happened yet. Hmm. So the only sort of realistic possibility was that he was N years old in the year 1936, and that's 44 squared. So he's 44 in 1936, puts him in 1888 for his birth year. Wow, that's kind of cool, actually. So it would have been 87. So in 2025, will this be a big mathematics year? Because it's the next square? <laughs> Maybe for some people. You know, we taped these ahead a bit, and uh, it was only after we taped the solution that we got some email answers. Marcia Hooper gave the correct solution. But I have to read you this one from Maltesh Natavni. I know Kyle will really love it, and I'll be sharing it with him soon. The man was born in 1722. He was Samuel Adams, who was 42 in 1764 and had been kept alive for 211 years by a device built by Benjamin Franklin that stole an hour from the life of every man, woman, and child who died during daylight savings time. Interesting. There's only one problem with this solution, is uh, 1722 is not a square number, but thanks anyway. While we're paused, we have a couple of messages on the answering machine. Let's take a listen. Southern Ontario up in Canada, where we've got a pretty thorough coating of snow on the ground. And uh, I was just thinking about that uh, puzzle with the ants in the water. Now, one thing that wasn't mentioned was how the ants would respond to ice. So I have two ideas offhand. Uh, one would be digging a moat around the house and filling that with water. Uh, another would be building a door jam out of ice, depending upon how the ants would be, would respond to that. So I enjoy the podcast. Was uh, yeah, I'm definitely interested in hearing more about uh, topology, because I've uh, been working on an effort on my own to understand the mathematics behind relativity, and uh, it's it's much more complicated than I ever thought, so... Anyways, keep up the good work. Enjoyable listen. Have a good day. Goodbye. You have to recommend uh, Space Time Physics by Edwin Taylor and John Archibald Wheeler. Excellent. Book. Hello, this is Ken Davis, ringing from Canberra in Australia. I'm a long-time listener to your show, which I find very entertaining. Um, claim to fame is I've discovered 21,480 factorial minus 1 and 26,951 factorial plus 1 were prime a few years ago. Excellent. And a current holder of the record for the largest known sexy prime triplet, which may be something that would be amusing for your show. Anyway, keep up the good work. And oh, wait, you're not going to tell us? Thank you. I'll have to look that up. The message will be So saved. I have to say, I, Ready. I do not know what a sexy prime triplet is, but I'm going to find out. Thank you very much. Those are excellent. Uh, keep them coming, and uh, do keep them short, although uh, I would have liked to have known what the sexy prime triple was. And uh, 
it's fabulous. 479-575-6332. Hey, the largest ever exhibition of work by M.C. Escher is, 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 is up right now, correct? That's right. And as a, as a mathematician, do you have a special fondness for the works of M.C. Oh, Escher? Naturally. Hugely influential. Okay, well, it just so happens that Rock J. Walker is the owner of this uh, exhibit that is at the Boca Raton Museum of Art. And here he is. Welcome to Ozarks at Large. Good morning. Thank you. And just before we began this uh, formal conversation, you told us that M.C. Escher makes us sharper, smarter, and happier. And a keener vision of your external environment. So you have a, a an exhibit at the Boca Raton uh, Museum of Art of your collection of M.C. Escher's works? It's my uh, private collection uh, spanning over 45 years, uh, just under 400 works, um, beginning with his uh, most earliest uh, drawings, uh, student period, um, Italian drawings, uh, Italian drawings and prints, Italian woodcuts, um, uh, the most famous of which are the Rome by Nights, which kind of predate uh, minimalism. Um, moving on into the um, what he actually became famous for, uh, the iconic prints, uh, drawing hands, reptiles, uh, uh, the, uh, the impossible buildings, and then the, uh, the back uh, room of the museum uh, contains the largest number of works uh, dealing with the regular division of the plane. Uh, some know them as uh, tessellations. Um, it is what uh, captured uh, Escher's fancy after he uh, decided to uh, step outside of reality and the Italian landscape that he had fallen in love with and um, uh, into his world of uh, fantasy, um, impossible uh, architectures, uh, uh, in the form of buildings and staircases and ceilings and basements that go nowhere. And um, uh, all the, and, and all of the, uh, or most of the um, dividing of the plane is actually based on um, 137 watercolors uh, that he uh, did over uh, most of his life. Never sold the one. Uh, they're contained in a, a book called Visions of Symmetry right. by a noted mathematician, Doris Schatzneider. Yeah, we had a, a lovely interview with her uh, about a year and a half ago, uh, actually, in a, in a gallery of, with many of his prints there. It was really mm -hmm. wonderful. And, well, I, I must say, uh, her book uh, takes uh, the entire 137 uh, watercolors and relates them back to uh, almost every single work that Escher did uh, that involves um, uh, the uh, dividing of the plane or, or tessellations, as they're known. Marvelous book. What are the, the earliest drawings? What, what do they look like? Well, um, Escher's teacher uh, was an artist by the name of uh, Jesus de Mesquita. And, um, uh, you know, uh, Escher was known as a great architect, mathematician, scientist, photographer, and uh, architect, and uh, so on, and, and, and philosopher. Uh, he was none of the above. Uh, he... Um, uh, Actually, uh, I like to say he fell in love with a block of wood, and um, he was uh, in some ways uh, a surgeon. Because uh, uh, if you look deeply into some of the, uh, the actual blocks which are here on display in the museum, you see that he used multiple levels of magnifying glasses and, oh, really? um, 
and bright lights and very, very small, almost surgical tools to do what he did. And I, I would like to remind your audience that he would do this uh, in reverse on a block of wood. And as I like to say, there was no oops. Because right. if you make a mistake on a, carving a, a wood block, uh, you can't uh, put the piece of wood back in or fill it in with wood putty. You've got to start all over. So Escher was precise, um, but it was throughout his, the course of his life the wood block prints that really drew him in and um, uh, the the outward productivity um, and some of his most important works, uh, for example, Metamorphos, which begins with the word metamorphose and begins that wonderful tessellating journey from um, uh, black and white uh, checkerboard squares into tiles and to bees and to fish and to birds, back into blocks uh, and then into um, the coast of Amalfi and back into the word metamorphose with the famous chess move, uh, all were done with a series of wood blocks. Uh, Metamorphos, I think, has uh, over 20, 30 different wood blocks that he used to print that print. But um, uh, the the foundation for uh, part of his iconic period, uh, the impossible buildings, and certainly the Rome by Nights and the Italian period, you see this um, uh, this incessant use of archways from the Italian uh, landscapes that he fell in love with. Uh, he would have stayed in Italy if it hadn't been for the war. He really loved southern Italy. And in some cases, uh, for example, Calabria, he did 13 consecutive lithographs and woodcuts dealing with the Calabrian landscape. But he used all of that and began to reformulate it um, in the mid-30s. Um, the, the two transitional prints were um, Still Life with Mirror, a marvelous mm-hmm. semi-surrealist uh, still life of a reflection in a mirror, which would be impossible since the reflection is the outside exterior. And um, uh, Development One, which was one of the early and most important uh, tessellations where uh, a black and white lizard spiral outward into a tessellating uh, pattern. Um, but it was with those two prints that Escher decided that he could no longer deal with either the Italian landscape or any landscapes um, that uh, he would come upon his, uh, uh, you know, uh, in his travels. And so, therefore, he began literally creating, uh, I like to say, his his own world of uh, creatures and funny little men and um, um, visions of reality that. Uh, in most cases were impossible uh, to create in our reality. But in Escher's reality, uh, he did a marvelous job of, uh, of uh, making, it, making the ideas, as he would call them, stick. Um, uh, case in point, uh, up and down or high and low, where the b- little boy is sitting on a staircase looking up at a ceiling, which becomes the floor, which becomes the ceiling, which becomes the floor, on into uh, infinity. When when were you first uh, attracted to his work? I uh, bought my first Escher print when I was uh, 14 years old. I was uh, uh, born on uh, a turkey farm and uh, was the son of a turkey farmer, and I, I saved all my quarters at that time, and uh, I paid uh, 20 U.S. dollars for my first wow. Escher print. Uh, then uh, I was uh, began my study at the University of Indiana, and... Uh, uh, there was a, an old print dealer who had taken a um, old school bus and taken the seats out of it, and 
he would put print racks in with Rembrandt restrikes. Uh, restrike being a canceled copper plate, and they'd reprint Rembrandts and sell them for two bucks because they had a big X across the front. Well, uh, um, scattered amongst the restrike Rembrandts were original Picassos and Eschers and Mazzarellis wow. and Brocks and Chagalls and Mureaux and Dalis, most of the 20th century artists for 50, 60 bucks. So I bought another three Eschers, gave a couple away, and uh, I, I call it the second look. With Escher, you know, many people even today don't know the name Escher or M.C. Escher. So I say, uh, well, have you ever seen a bird turning into a fish or a hand drawing a hand? Oh, that guy. And then uh, they come into an exhibit, and uh, it's, it's sometimes for many after that second look that they become hooked and um, they can't let go, which is why this exhibit is called The Magical World of Escher, because it's filled with so much magic and wonderment. Uh, and I, I like to say that uh, Escher helped pave the information superhighway with a pencil and a block of wood. There is a timelessness to his work. It, when I was in a freshman in college, they had the, you know, every first some week of the fall semester there's this big poster sale and you could get a right. poster of Led Zeppelin or you could get a poster of Humphrey Bogart or plenty of Eschers right? Escher when you go back now 25 26 years later that that's right Escher's right there let, let, let me add this point it's, uh, they, they've just recently discovered that we humans are in fact pattern recognizing organisms and what do I mean by that? Well, they've, they've discovered that babies learn to recognize patterns before they learn to uh, talk, walk, uh, crawl, uh, etc. Um, and it begins with black and white squares and, and into all kinds of patterns, patterns in, in nature and patterns in architecture and so on and so forth. And it was what your audience may not know, Escher's first art, Escher could barely sell his work. The first portion of his life, I think he sold 15,000 U.S. dollars. His uh, parents were fairly well off, and they supported him. His first audience were crystallographers, um, which is the study of crystalline structures, and they, one of the first books on Escher was actually written on uh, crystalline structures and um, the, the dividing of the plane or Escher's uh, symmetry works or watercolors, as they're known by some. His second audience were mathematicians and physicists um, uh, around the world. And then the next audience uh, appeared in the uh, the Bay Area of uh, California, San Francisco, and it was the hippies. And the hippies took to Escher based on one print, primarily reptiles, hmm. which in the bottom lower left has a, uh, a package of rolling papers. Mm -hmm. So they thought Escher was <laughs> higher than a kite, so as to speak. When, in fact, uh, Escher did not use drugs, uh, he, uh, he loved to listen to Bach in his studio and drink uh, a glass or two of port. And then there's the famous uh, interaction or meeting, uh, well, attempted meeting between Mick Jagger and uh, M.C. Escher. Uh, Mick called... Uh, That's hard to uh, imagine. ...Mr. Escher up and wanted uh, Escher to do record covers, and... Uh, uh, he said, uh, um, uh, Monk, uh, this is uh, Mick Jagger calling, and uh, Escher said, I, I beg your pardon, dear sir, but uh, I'm Monk to my friends. Uh, you've already become uh, too familiar. Uh, have a good day. Uh, I'm not interested, and um, hung up the phone on him. <laughs> and then, of course, um, 
the Grateful Dead and the Deadheads, as they're known, started doing Escher posters in their basements, except they decided to take Escher's black and white images and turn them into day-glow black-white posters, which we have in the museum in one of the rooms from the 50s and the 60s, uh, to uh, show how uh, Escher influenced uh, you know, so many areas. Uh, uh, you know, Escher was what I call, along with Picasso and Miro and uh, Dali and Calder, um, there are great artists and then there are great artists who become key influencers. And Escher has influenced mathematics, uh, philosophy, um, um, film, um, uh, geometry. Um, um, Escher has appeared in Scientific America probably, well, he has appeared in Scientific America more than any other artist in the history of the magazine. You know, if you go into almost any museum gift store in the yeah. world, or if you go online, uh, you can find his work used on ties, watches, T-shirts. Do you like that? Well, um, Escher was a printmaker, and and printmakers, um, 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 most artists who are, who are making prints. Um, like to see their their work uh, cast to the wind like um, uh, seeds or pots from a tree or a plant, uh, and so most artists um, uh, they, they, some like it, some don't like it, um, but um, it, it helps spread um, their ideas because making great art is nothing more than deciding on a material. Uh, whether it be a sheet of paper or a canvas or bronze or clay, and through that given material, sending a message out to the world uh, in the form of uh, ideas, uh, i.e. shapes and two dimensions and three dimensions and so forth. So, yes, I do like it. I think um, it it helps them in, in many ways. Excellent. And and uh, the exhibition is up, and and how long will it be up? Uh, through April 11th. Okay. Um, and then there's a second gallery exhibition at Elaine Baker Galleries in Boca Raton um, through March uh, 5th, um, uh, I believe. Excellent. So any listeners in Florida, head on over and check it well, out. Well, any listeners worldwide, yeah. we're getting uh, 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 viewers from uh, uh, all over the world right now. Um, that sounds like a really remarkable exhibit you can do the, the largest inst- ever mounted in the world wow you could do the inst- studio is the center showcase his tools are here two of the 10 exi- um, existing uh, lithography stones in the world wood blocks watercolors uh, objects sculptures um, letters uh, drawings um, uh, the only ceramic in the world that Escher did um, it, it's a once in a lifetime uh-huh. exhibit you can do M.C. Escher, and then, of course, Salvador Dali Museum also in Florida. Yeah, Correct. Yeah. Well, and, and Dali was a big fan of Escher. Yes, he was, yes. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time. Mm-hmm. I appreciate Pleasure. it. Thank you. Thanks Thank for you. having me. All righty. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye.